In the grand theater of life, we all seek a comeback, a resurgence, a rekindling of our inner fire. But how do we spark that flame? Welcome to Reignite Resilience. This is not just another podcast. This is a journey, a venture into the heart of human spirit, the power of resilience, and the art of reigniting our passions. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Reignite Resilience. I am excited to be here. I am Pam Cass, and I'm joined by the lovely Natalie Davis. Natalie, how are you this week? I'm amazing, Pam. I'm amazing. It's towards the end of the week, so we made it. We always say we made it, but I don't know what it is, but we did it. <laughs> we did it. And when, when you're in our line of work, there is no weekend, so... No. No, we're really not at the end of the week. No, not yet. And we, uh, let's see, what are we, seven, eight weeks into the year? And I've yet to have like a weekend off. So I am excited to see what 2024 has in store. (laughs) I feel like a lot of amazing things. So I am so excited. We have an amazing guest here today. And so Natalie, I'm going to hand it over to you so that you can introduce him. Okay, fabulous. Well, Reignite Resilience community, I am so excited to have yet another guest that has a phenomenal story joining us today. I was first introduced to our guest actually on TikTok. I am a silent TikToker, a TikTok ghost, whatever it is. I like to see the content. I don't post a lot of content. And a few months ago, this gentleman popped up on my FYP, so my For You page, for those that are wondering. And I was like, well, this is an interesting story. And then I just dove in. And I am a good for going down rabbit holes on social media. And I went down a rabbit hole and I was completely inspired. So without further ado, we have the one, the only Mr. Oliver James, who is a motivational speaker. I would like to say social media sensation at this point, and just an all around inspirational person, which is why I thought it would be great for us to bring him on. As we talk about overcoming adversity and having resiliency, Oliver is 35 years old, I think still 35 years old, and is a motivational speaker, as I mentioned, but has also taught himself to read. Oliver was able to graduate from high school without learning to read throughout his entire elementary and grade school learning experience. And then life happened in his 20s and happened to find himself going to prison for firearm dealing, if I'm not mistaken, if that's correct. After being released, took it upon himself like this motivation and this drive to teach himself how to read. And it has been a beautiful story. If you're not watching it online, I highly encourage that you do, but I want him to tell his story. Oliver, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Well, I would love to start from the beginning. Let's talk about it. You know, we talk about you graduating from high school, graduating from high school and not Mm -hmm. learning how to read. And I think that you made a statement in a couple of places that it didn't really seem like anyone even cared that you didn't Mm -hmm. know how to read. Talk to us about your grade school experience and what that was like and how you were able to make it through the education system without learning. Well, you don't know you're in a place of trying to make it through. You're just living. You know, it's not something that you get up on a day-to-day basis trying to say, I'm trying to make it through this school experience. You have that in your thought process, but you don't ever think even school's going to end. You're still a kid. You have a kid mind. So when I was growing up, it wasn't real that any of the things I'm living today would be uh, my life. It wouldn't be a struggle. I didn't think those things could be possible. But it's really hard and complicated because what I'm starting to realize is that even today, adults have a really good tendency of wanting to give up on things that don't make sense to them. 
adults. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Kids will give up, but they'll leave an open mind to just try again, even the next day, just for no reason, you know, even if it hurt. But adults have a tendency to give up on anything. And when it comes to kids, they don't have any kind of, uh, for some reason, I don't think humans in general, I don't know if we've been taught that, we're starting to think about it now, but they don't have any type of like deep animosity for what it is to grow up. Yeah. It's like you have this thought process that humans grow up like you. Yeah. They should get it. They, they just grow up. They should get it. And I'm like, no, even you didn't get it. Whatever you got, you're lucky for getting it. If you got it together because mm-hmm. someone gave it to you. Do you mm-hmm. get what I'm saying? For me, it's different because I'm realizing that if you weren't given that, you're kind of like me. You're a misfit. You're kind of lost yeah. in the world. And I'm realizing that adults just didn't care or weren't aware enough to understand how important it is for you and us now, not you. I say you like I'm still a kid, but how important it is for us to just make some noise about these important things for the youngsters, regardless of how ignorant they are, how bad you think they are, how dirty, ugly, whatever your thoughts. I don't care whatever it is. You, uh, you're ignorant. You, whatever you think a kid is. Because yeah. a kid isn't nothing of what you think it is. A kid is just developing. And you know that. Right now, they're whatever they are. And two years later, they're something else. Yeah. But how many adults have that thought process and think like that? Like, oh, wow, this is just a kid in the process of misbehaving because whatever they're at in their life. But mm-hmm. in two, three years from now, that kid might be a great kid. And so, like, there's not many adults that can or did back then that could see. Mm-hmm. how important it was for them to instead of telling me what to do like make it my life they yeah. told me every single day you're going to regret this when you get older you're going to be this oh mm-hmm. when you get older you know you're not going to be able to do this oh well you keep doing that you're never going to be able to do this i'm like do you realize that i don't know anything you're talking about <laughs> yeah. at all there's like, no point of reference tell me i have no idea yeah, yeah absolutely you don't know it, the dogs got satisfaction from the things that happened to them They didn't realize that they were just watching themselves. They were Mm -hmm. seeing themselves, but Mm -hmm. they got satisfaction by not helping because they didn't get helped. And it would feel like shit for them to help me because it would, because they didn't get help. (laughs) So since they didn't get it, it would feel like crap for them to lend a hand to somebody that's not being nice, not being a good boy. Because Mm -hmm. why, when you were a bad boy and you weren't being nice, so-called, they told you they hit you and they treated you like crap. So what did you do? You did the same thing to me or to anybody else around you. You mm-hmm. couldn't hold back from that pain. You couldn't say, you know what? I'm going to do different. I'm going to let you scream in my face. And I'm going to realize that that's you screaming, not me. That ain't got nothing to do with me. They yeah. couldn't do that. They had to scream back at me like I wasn't an adult. And I was just a little child. I had no idea what was going on. Wow. Do you have any teachers that you can think about that stood out that tried? Yeah, I went to a special ed school. There was a bunch of teachers there. One of them that stood out, his name, well, I don't know his name because I don't know if you ever want to know, but there was a teacher at that place. He really stood out. And I honestly, a bunch of those teachers, they were kind of like new to the teaching industry, I think. So they were still human. They weren't like completely brainwashed into their teaching ways. So they kind of met me halfway. They would pull me into a room and like, you know, a copy machine room and, you know, those teachers and be like, hey, make some copies. And like, why? Like, because I said so. Like, you look like you want to make some copies. And I'd be like, all right. Cool, I do. You know, that's an easy thing to do. You know, what kid doesn't want to make some copies real quick? Like, I'll just start making copies in the copy room. He or she, those teachers understood. They're like, this kid's not bad or has it. He just bored. He need to do something that will, you know. And so when they would take me in there to do copy machines or put a label on a box or something, like, hey, put these labels on these boxes over here and then stack that over there. I was like, all right. And I'm talking to them at the same time. 
they didn't realize they're like, this kid's not lazy. He just doesn't know the stuff that we're teaching them. But yeah. those teachers in that school knew that they did that. Okay. So kind of share with us, I mean, you graduated without being able to read. How did you, I don't even know what the word I would use. How did you trick the system or how did you get through it with nobody even knowing that that was the well, case? I think people knew. That's the thing. And this is the thing that we all have a problem with. We all know, as you sit here right now, I don't. I tell people this all the time and it always opens people's thought process up. I don't know your doings. I don't know the things you think of. You mm-hmm. get what I'm saying? Like, I don't know your little dirty secrets, your little thing, but we all got them. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But some people want to point a finger and act like they only have it. You don't. When you know you do, you look at the same little things, you have the same little desires, you know, the same little habits. That's the things that we're all fighting. But for some reason, in certain circumstances, some people think that they don't have no problem and everybody else in the world does. That's where we're at with a lot of these things. If teachers and people in these time zones would have seen them like, do you realize you have more problems than almost anybody in this school, even the kids? They would be able to understand and sympathize. But the problem with that at that time, and I think in many people's minds, they see it. But when they see it, they understand that they would have to be the one to make the change. Why do that when you could keep things in that dark space? Like, I don't want to get off of work and have to help a kid. I want to go get drunk and maybe cheat on my husband. You know what I mean? Like, think of what I'm saying to you. That's what really is going down. But how many of us are going to say that on the camera? Because you're the one cheating on your husband. No you know one. like you get yeah. no one's gonna say yeah. that, but that's what's wow. really happening. You know that deep down you we all have our own little desires and secrets and things. And yeah. when I was a kid, I could see those in all of them. I knew the teacher just came back from some shindig with her lady friends, and you know, I knew that and I was not supposed to know that. I could see it on them. I could mm-hmm. see the things on those teachers, and I used to try to pull it out of them. That's why mm-hmm. a lot of these bad kids can get under those teachers' skin. Mm-hmm. None of the other, other teachers could like kids will get under those, but I used to be able to get under a teacher's skin to today. If they were teachers today and got caught on camera, 99% of them would be probably either in prison or out of a job because wow. <laughs> of the things they well, did. There was the reaction. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Wow. yeah. Wow. That's what I'm trying to say. I'm like, I knew that. And those people still exist today. And that's why I think a lot of like educators, I get into it even with wanting to like even be in that space because I know, I know when I go in that room, I'm like, you probably cheating on this dude or doing this with it. That's why those kids ain't learning because you're still thinking about your troubling ways and the things you got to do. Focused on other school. things. Yeah. yeah. And that's 99% of us. Once we acknowledge that, then mm-hmm. we realize you're like, dang, you weren't supposed to be teaching. You'd be like, no, you weren't supposed to be a teacher. What you're supposed to be doing, you're not allowed to do because people will judge you for it. But you know what you really want to do. You know what I mean? Like, that's yes. what I'm saying. And that's the problem with a lot of people in general. That dude was in the wrong position. And many educators are in the wrong position. They're not supposed to be educating. He should have been a bouncer or something yes. somewhere. Yes. <laughs> the way he treated me. But yes. he was in the wrong profession. Like, I don't know what there is to say of these things, but it is what it is. Once he or anybody could have acknowledged that, he would have realized, I'm like, why are you were a teacher? Yeah. Well, my dad was a teacher and my mom was a teacher. And I'm like, okay. My you, parents told you, like, me to do it. Him. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. But how many educators are in the same position trying to educate people yeah. when they don't even have emotional control? No yeah. teacher in the world should be with any child without emotional control. Why are you yelling at somebody else's kid? Like, you get what I'm saying? Like, these are the things that, but you could talk to an educator and they'll be like, well, sometimes kids are, I'm like, that's your problem right there. You think that these kids are more than what they are. 
Yeah. They are kids. They are kids. That's what they are supposed to do. Oh, but they did. They did what a kid's supposed to do. But they yelled at you. They screamed. They acted out. They emotionally don't have control over themselves. Sounds about right. Mm-hmm. They're kids. That's what did kids. you do? Yeah, I screamed back. I treated them like, I'm like, oh my gosh. Looks like you need to be evaluated. Not the kid. But the yeah. kid was bad. He was screaming. But so were you. you As the like, You should never be screaming. Yes. yes. And this is the problem I was having with a lot of everything with the schooling system. There's mm-hmm. not many educators. You can sit in a room full of educators and I'm like, if a kid was right now to throw a desk through the window, can you calmly reassess this situation? Or would you, I don't know. I probably, I'm like, okay, then that's what I'm trying to explain to you. I'm like, wow. because they're kids. They should not have control over themselves. They're learning to do this. Like that's what I'm saying. So yeah. these were really hard things to try to talk to educators about yeah. because they don't even taught to educate. They don't understand they're dealing with Mm-hmm. whatever we are they call us humans but i don't know what the hell we are you get what i mean like we, yeah, we, yeah. we're trying to figure it out i love that well and here's the thing one of my very dear friends is a teacher and she is an educator that should be an educator but what she's up against is it's not just the education right it's not just the children that she loves pouring into she then has to change the hats to what is required by the district what's required mm-hmm. by her administration mm-hmm. and the campus what the parents yeah. will and will not allow right there are these layers where she's constantly Constantly changing identities where she really just wants to pour into the children. Yep. And there are not many of those. No. And that's where I I think my job gets really frustrated because I am both sides of the coin. I'm Mm -hmm. the person who wants to help, but I'm also the person who got left behind. So I know exactly what it does. Like, I'm like, oh my gosh, like you kind of can't help unless you literally work outside of the box. The only way you'll be able to help that way is like in some weird way to do it. You ain't going to get no support. So most people are going to judge you. Most people are going to say this is not the right way to go. But in your deepest soul, we know deep down inside, like education is probably the most important thing for our existence in this world. Like, why are we not pouring into that? If we're not educated, what are we going to have? We got this far in life by being educated. Let's keep this thing going. (laughs) And in my mind, I'm thinking, I'm like, what? Maybe I'm wrong. I have no idea what's going on. I'm like, why are we putting money into anything else? We should all be educating ourselves. Like, regardless of what we do. And that's when I realized, I'm like, okay, that's when you have to see, you have to work outside of the box. Like you realize that it's not a math situation that adds up to an answer that everybody understands. Mm-hmm. This is not one plus one equals two. This is one right. of those things that like, it's one plus one and someone's saying 15 and you're like, why? You're like, because I wanted to. And I'm like, whoa, okay. So I'm not actually, <laughs> like, there's nothing you can do about that. That's when you start to realize you're like, whoa, okay. I'm, We're not going to get anywhere on that one. Exactly. Nowhere. Nowhere. <laughs> yeah. Nowhere. Yeah. That's when you realize you have to work outside of the box and understand that you know one plus one equals two. And that's it. And if anybody, anything else goes sideways, you just got to be like, what if I lose my job? What if yes. people don't like me? What if I'm like, then that's what happened. What's one plus one? They'd be like two. I'm like, then you know exactly what you needed to do. That's yeah. it. That's when you start to realize because that's like you're saying the educators are like, I can't do this. I can't. And I think sometimes I get in there and I get frustrated because I'm like, yeah, and all those I can't do left me like I am and all the other kids. I'm like, I get it. You don't make enough money to go show up at somebody's house. That's not my job. I'm like, why'd you get into it? Yeah. Yeah. Like you got one life on this planet. What are you doing? Like you want to half step it? You want to be a teacher only like from the morning to your clock in and clock out? No, when you decided this to be a teacher... You should have been knighted. Like you should feel yes. like, no, 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 this is it. This is <laughs> yes. it. This There's is what an I do. oath that you <laughs> yeah. take. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, Oliver, they you. It. They've been knighted and you can see it in them. Yeah. You can see it in them. And Oliver, you touch on a piece that one of our earlier episodes, Pam shared being diagnosed with dyslexia at a young age and going through school. And it's so interesting to hear the similarities. Pam shared 
being pulled out of class. And it was because, like you mentioned, the box, right? They weren't sure what box do we put her in because she has a different learning ability. What are we supposed to do? And so it's the story sounds very similar, right? Well, how about you come with me and make copies and start to label these boxes and we'll figure out what else you can do. Pam was able to come out and bake. And now, I mean, she's carried that forward. She's a phenomenal cook and baker. So it works, but that's what they said. Why don't you come over and do this home ec class and do that instead? You too have different learning abilities. I think I've seen ADD or ADHD, potentially OCD, PTSD now at this point. Did you discover this as an adult or did you know something was different in terms of your learning ability as a child to whatever degree you could have understood that? Well, I've had this since I was conscious. I don't know when I became conscious, but whenever I became conscious, OCD was there. I knew something was off. I remember being like, why am I doing these things? Like Other kids don't do this. Mm-hmm. But I also seen similarities with some of the things we did do that I was growing up with. And it also made it really hard to like separate myself from what I was experiencing and what I wasn't experiencing because everybody was the same. Even though I had OCD, some people had anger issues at a level they should not have. Some people had, you know, unemotional control things. Things were happening that should not be happening. Their decisions that they were making. I was like, okay, then maybe these people must have OCD and things too because they're not making the best choices. And I know that my mind was a big factor in some of those choices. Like the things I would say, I didn't know how to say them in a way people could understand. Like it would be too direct. Things like I start to see that I'm like, there's something that I have in my head kind of like it comes out in my speeches now. I'm very honest and stuff. A lot of people will say it like it's your, I don't even know the word, but I'm starting to learn because I didn't know that. But they're like, I think it's your ability to just be straightforward to people and tell them the uncomfortable things. I don't mean to do that. I think that's just how my brain is. You know what I mean? Like I'm starting to realize like when I was younger, it would get me in trouble. Like if there was a kid, I remember this one time I was in football and I remember this like it was yesterday and I knew that that was different than other kids. I couldn't understand how to, like I didn't want to talk to kids because of it. And I just made a personality that people just took on. Like I just wanted to be a certain kid. But I remember telling him, hey, if you weren't so slow, you would probably be like going to like a D1 college, man. Like you'd probably be one of the best kids I've ever seen. And he got angry and was like, well, if you weren't so stupid, you would probably go pro, dude. Like, but you, you can't read. Or he, he was just kind of like threw something back at me. Mm-hmm. And I remember my defense mechanism kicked in. And I remember me being more of like, I don't even know. Like, I remember me just having that internal thing. Like it was always either I'm going to be quiet and move away from the story of this circumstance, or I'm going to put my protective mechanism on and I'm going to fight him. Like, I'm going to tell him like, what'd you say? Say it again. Like, you know what I mean? Like, let's start something. Yeah. But yeah. I didn't want to do that. The problem was I knew people were going to take the words that I say and twist them. And then they're going to immediately be somebody I have to stand up for myself now. But I didn't mean that. I really meant you were slow, which he was very slow compared to me. Like I around him, you know, he was a very big dude, you know, apparently, you know, he lifted a lot of weights and he was very strong. I looked at this now as a kid, I was like, you were not trying to hurt him. You were yeah. telling him the truth. Like, Hey man, you could go D1 if you weren't so slow. And you mm-hmm. practice your running. And I was telling him that. But I've seen at that time in my life, people will never understand you being who you are. Like you see things, you can tell when people have issues like, mm-hmm. and don't tell them. And I started to see that. I was like, you have an issue of seeing stuff and being in this way. And you need to learn how to not express your issue. Like my brain registers it. And it's like, you have kids like that who probably yeah. do that stuff. And the mom will be like, mind your business. You're too-. I'm like, they're not trying to do these things. I'm trying to tell you. Yeah. 
yeah. and just pointing out the obvious. They're just seeing things as it is. Yeah. And those things, I started to see that that's the ADHD and the mm-hmm. OCD. And I started to see, I'm like, oh my gosh, my ADHD is the reason why I'm like this. Like I can see how like my body reacts to the circumstance. Yeah. Yeah. And now I'm starting to, but I didn't understand that stuff until I started reading. When I started reading, I started to learn like these fiery buildup feelings, these lost, confused thoughts. And you see that these moments and I'm like, there's times where I'll sit there now and I hear, I'll think of the book yeah. and I'm like, oh, the book told me I'm not going to know nothing right now. Like I'm going to be confused. Wow. And I'm like, but why is the world coming down on me? Why do I feel, why is it actually happening? Why am I arguing with people? I'm like, it's you. You just have no idea. It's you. And I'll sit there sometimes and I'll feel it. I'll feel my body for two, three days, like burning and wanting mm-hmm. to do and say things to people. And then I've realized two, three days later, I'm like, everyone around me is acting in different. They're like yes. happy yeah. or they're in these things. And I'm like, why are mm-hmm. you all normal? And they're like, because you didn't let yourself out on them. You held back a little bit and you start to observe, like without you participating in there, you start to see like, you're the problem. You're the reason why these things are happening. It's wow. your issues. And mm-hmm. I couldn't understand that until I started reading. It's very weird to express and explain because I never really know how to do it. But yeah. when I started reading, it told me that like, hey, when these moments come of confusion, it's better probably for you to just chill. And mm-hmm. it's so hard to chill for a day or two. But yeah. I realized two days later, I'm like, oh my gosh, my kids are in a better mood. This is, the, and I'm like, it was you. This whole time you've been having these reactions to the way you feel for yeah. so long. And I had no idea for yeah. years. And now there's moments and we all have them. I'll mm-hmm. have a bad moment or a bad day. It could be not even my fault. Mm-hmm. And I'll sit there and I'm like, no, it is your fault. Cause something in this day, you did something. You just don't know what it is. Yeah. Yes. And I never know. I never, cause that's, I start to realize I'm like, you missed a part of your day. Something's got you feeling mm-hmm. off. Maybe you didn't be nice to yourself this morning, whatever it was. I don't know what it is. But as I take a minute, I start to realize these are those things. This is the OCD and the ADHD. Cause some people don't even have this. I start yes. to realize they don't even experience this at all. No. And I'm yeah. like, hold on, you don't experience this? They're like, no, never. No. I'm like, oh my gosh. I'm like, this is me. Yeah. I'm going through this experience. And I had no idea. I had no yeah. idea until I started reading and I started to realize because other people were expressing it in their books and their ways. And I was like, why does this feel like me? I'm like, because it technically is you, but you're starting to read other people's feelings that are like you. People yes. who are expressing themselves, who can't yes. do it verbally, who can't show it in a movie. They can mm-hmm. only write it in this book. And that's so it's through their creative. Yes. Yeah. yes. Yes. I love that. And what you talk about, Oliver, yeah. it's, I think we all experience it to some degree. It's where our expectation of how someone is supposed mm-hmm. to show up or our experience we're supposed to have in a space mm-hmm. doesn't align with what we thought. And then yeah. that's when you feel that misalignment and it's being able mm-hmm. to sit in that and know that it's okay versus yeah. recognizing it and then calling people out on it. I think that's yes. the big piece. Of yeah. It. If you have like in people who have ADHD and those issues, you have an issue with this. You don't know how to do it. And it becomes, there's a lot of people like me who are kind of labeled like a certain type of person because they have to stay in that person. They can't come out of it. If they come out of it, then they're attacked. I'm one of them. I'm attacked yeah. a lot. Trust me, if I acted like my normal self, people call me weird. They call me this. They call me that. They call me you're a disgrace to black people because you're acting like this. But I tried to tell them, like, you were the same way, jumping on your mom's couch, yeah. running up and down the steps, doing the same. But you got programmed. And somebody yeah. changed you. And now you don't even know how to laugh like you used mm-hmm. to. You don't know how to do mm-hmm. nothing. You know what I mean? Like, because yeah. of the way my brain is, 
it's hard to be around people that I know I grew up with on the swings. And I was like, man, I remember being on the swings with you. I still am on the swings with you. Mm-hmm. And they're like, what? What are you talking about, man? Like, that was a kid. That was stupid. I'm like, no, that was our real. That's who we really wow. are. And yeah. they don't see it. Like, real conversations with people. And I'm like, no, this is who we really were. You remember us. And they can't. It comes sometimes it beats them up inside. Yeah. But I realized like that's who I am. I've been chosen to be that person. To understand mm-hmm. that I live in that world. Like I enjoyed the swing in the sandbox world. Or some people mm-hmm. breeze through it. I stood in it a little longer than other people. I kind of soaked in it. So yeah. I understand that I'm like, both worlds are made up. The sandbox world and the swinging world is a made up world. So is this world we're living in now with the adult mm-hmm. world. I'm choosing now mm-hmm. to say like, I could choose one. I want to still be on the swings and having yes. heartful conversations about real things. Yeah. Some of my other people are like, nah, like people in the world are like, that's what you do when you're young. That's not real. And I'm like, no, what's real is what you did when you were young. What you're doing now yes. is what's fake. And it's hard. Absolutely love that. That's when we were our true selves is when we were. Yeah. Young. Heck yeah. Love that. I love but that. But me not learning how to read that much. Yeah. A lot of people like me, you'll see us, keeps us in that ignorant kind of like mindset. Yeah. If you're not around the right people, you could be like mean, ignorant, because you don't mm-hmm. really gain that. Like if you read a person who didn't read, but was around really happy people, they're probably very childish, very like yeah. weird acting. You're like, why are you so like elf? You ever seen elf? Yes. yes. Like, that guy, <laughs> like that. They're probably like that. And you're like, what is wrong with you? And they're like, well, they were raised this way and they didn't learn these things. So they have this abundant kind of personality. That's all it really is. And me not learning how to read, it just left me with more open space in my brain. There's a lot of chaos, but it's a lot of empty space. I don't have all the informations of things like you all have, which fills your brain with a lot of stuff. (laughs) I don't have that. We hope that you have enjoyed part one of our two-part interview with Oliver James. What an amazing story. An individual that has triumphed over the challenge of not learning how to read. Being that child that was left behind, graduating from high school, but now taking on reading as an adventure, as a journey where he's continuing to grow, where he's continuing to learn more, but still understanding that he needs to stay in that space where he can be his true self. We hope that you join us for part two. We're going to continue to dive into Oliver's story and hear what's next on his journey. We'll see you soon. Thank you for joining us on today's episode of Reignite Resilience. We hope that you had amazing ahas and takeaways. Remember to subscribe on your favorite streaming platform, like it and download the upcoming episodes. And if you know anyone in your life that is looking to continue to ignite their resilience, share it with them. We look forward to seeing you on our future episodes. And until then, continue to reignite that fire within your hearts. 